Tom Parry. Matt Boyle. I think of you. you I'm good. I, I'm good. <laughs> I think of you as a poetic soul. Oh, um, wow. Nice to be thought of like that. Thank you. You know, it, it, it's often in, in times like this, you know, times of hardship and trouble, that I, I like to reflect on the lyrics of some of the greatest writers of our generation. And um, today, I, I, I think of the Merry Men, if you are familiar with them, you know. The Merry Men? The Merry Men, yeah. Um, I'm not sure if I am, Matthew. You might have to remind me. Because if I were to say to you the words, Ole, 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 ole. Ole, ole. Hot, hot, hot. I think about that. I, I think that's a, a good reflection about current state of being. Uh, indeed. See, it's not it's not always Morrissey. It's not always, you know, the cure who or Bowie or can provide these things. Sometimes it's just the Merry Men, Tom Parry, and I like to think of us as the Merry Men on this podcast, and that's why it's called Tom and Matt Attack. So, The Merry Men is the name of a group who did that song? I think so. I literally just googled lyrics feeling hot, hot, hot. Well, do you know what? what? You mentioned The Cure there. They've got the song called Hot, 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 and they've got a lyric set um, feeling hot, hot, hot. I mean, The Merry Men song is the one I think of when it's like, ole, 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 ole. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, that's Yeah, I had to do a dance to that one. That's the main one. At a, a high street supermarket chain. And um, they had a ridiculous thing at one point where they taught all of their staff. Um, Hot Principles was the name of it, which was um, whenever you met a customer, you're supposed to say, hello, you're supposed to offer to help. And then once that you'd given them what they wanted, you were supposed to thank them for shopping at that supermarket chain. And one morning I I walked in at about four o'clock in the morning because I used to work quite early sometimes on weekends. That is early. I've never done a and shift like that, anyway. They at, at six o'clock, when the management started going in, they were like, oh, everyone come to the canteen! And they tried to get us to do a dance to feeling hot, hot, hot. That must have been... I did not participate. No. I was like, nah, fuck this, I'm going I'm going to have a sausage sandwich. So that's so meant to sort of G you up, isn't it? That's meant to get you in that positive, um, active mindset. Hashtag one team, Tom. Yes, mm. I think I think so. I think that was the point. However, um, they utterly failed to anticipate the the serious scepticism of, of corporate messaging. Well, this that... might work in, say, America, but the, the British aren't known for their uh, <laughs> I mean, ability I've, I've to spring of... into song and dance. Uh, unless you know, if unless you're at an amateur dramatics group or a uh, drama school, then uh, your average uh, shop worker is not necessarily going to want to do that. I'd like I'd like to think that I've seen enough American sitcoms that even our American friends overseas would not be like, no, you know what, I'm I'm gonna dance at six o'clock in the morning, um, to the Merry no. Men, uh, to get yeah, especially that time, yeah, you're right, yeah, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty dumb. Anyway, how are you doing? That was a bit of a tangent. You know, the only thing I can think of, we've already covered hot, 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 hot. Um, I'm dripping with sweat today. Yeah, here in London. 
and uh, the flat's not cool because, of course, I can't have the fan on or the window open, can I? Yeah. <laughs> All the oxy- curtains closed because you can't see me then. So, so right now, I feel like I'm in um, an oven. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's an oxymoron, so we'll this, though, isn't it? If it? I might collapse before the end of the podcast. No, I don't worry. I I've hope got, I've not. Got a cup of tea here and a, a glass of water. Um, probably wouldn't say tea would be great for a hot day, but it, no, it, it's, it's no. Fine. I I had this on Friday. I was working. It's um, fine. I, I need my tea. From, I was working from home, and I was like, you know what? Sun shining outside. I got fifteen minutes. I'm going to go have a cup of tea in the sun because. But been... that was hot. Was yeah, breeze? Was I, there a breeze? No. There was no breeze. Oh. I I sat outside, and within moments of me being sat outside, my skin just started going. Tss. I was like, yeah. "Oh, tea was a bad choice." <laughs> yeah, I think we're in the the mid thirties here, like thirty four, thirty five, probably in London. We we've been around thirty, thirty two, but like the humidity yeah. here is ranging from like fifty five to seven. Uh, I have no to 60%. idea on humidity, no. but. It's yeah. not good. It's not good. I thought it'd be cooler today. Anyway, we're not here to talk about heat, are we? Uh, we're here to talk about video games. <laughs> we're here to bring the heat, Tom Parry, <laughs> is what we're here to do. We're bring here bring to the heat. So I got, I got an idea for a little topic today, and I, I'll briefly mention it to you before we start recording. And that's to sort of look at each console generation and each console in that generation and sort of talk a little bit to what defined those consoles. Yeah, we can, we can do that. I, yeah. It's almost as if neither of us has really played any video games <laughs> and we needed a topic of conversation. Okay. Yeah. i tell you a, a video game that I've played that I, I can't recommend, but because I have to play every fighting game uh, there is on the PlayStation 4, then then uh, I purchased it for, for about £1.60. Fight, a game simply called Fight, exclamation mark, included. Right to the point. It, yeah, yeah. Uh, so... Visually, it didn't look too bad at first. You know, these character models look pretty, pretty detailed, pretty well put together. Um, alarm bells start ringing when the arcade mode is just one fight, and the survival mode is the arcade mode, which, uh, yeah, the menu isn't very um, eye-catching. <laughs> How much and do you pay for this? One pound sixty. One pound okay. sixty. So it's you know, it's just like if you went out for 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 a drink or something. You know, I mean, half the price of a cup of coffee in London. <laughs> I was going to say, I'd like to go where you're drinking to get one pound a pint for. Well, actually, I, I, I tell you what, you can get you can get yourself a, a nice glass of, um, say, say Coke for that at the pub uh, up north in, in Crewe. You know, a little bit, a yeah. little bit less than that. Anyway, <laughs> but where where were we going? Uh, this game fight. Okay, so all the characters play the same. Absolutely identical to each other from what i can tell um you've got a move set that feels almost like mortal kombat just without any special moves right so you you know a good tactic is just to duck and continually press punch seems to seems to work so i can't even find this game because the search engine optimization of a game called fight is absolutely terrible yeah there's a few games with fight in the title there's another one i played recently called fight of gods or fight of the gods yeah uh, which is another sort of cheap um fighting game at least that's got a bit of a sense of humor about it (laughs) right this one is just like dull um i would say there's some creativity in the character designs to a point it's a sort of like Dragon Man, which I know there's like a grizzly bear man, you know. Okay. 
Are they all men of some description? No, like... there are women. There are a couple of female characters in there as well. Pretty generic from what I um, what I remember. It's not worth anyone's time unless you know you're curious as I was to, to play it, and this sort of strange desire to own every fighting game on the PS4. Um, yeah, because I'm sort of there. I've, 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 I own most fighting games on PS4, so uh, yeah, there you go. That's fight. Don't recommend it. Again, I can't even find it on any. I can't even find it on the PlayStation Store via my phone. So yeah, yeah, it's not. You have to dig a little. Even it, you'd think that it'd be easy to find with a title like that, but well, no, because uh, unfortunately, it looks like also the PlayStation Store puts every single fighting game under the category of fighting. Oh yeah, yeah, and so most of the, most of the things that obviously come up are things like Fight of the Animals, King of Fighters, Street Fighter, the Capcom Fighting Collection, Dragon Ball Z Fighters, and again, just just you know, cutting it down to basics. I, I like that they want to get to the point with naming the game Fight. <laughs> Probably not the best approach for a marketing perspective, though. That's the issue. Well, there's nothing else to it, really. It's it's a perfect title for it because that's. It's all you do. That's all you do, and one it's not. Fight. It's not even exciting. That's a shame. So, if you were, you know, because if we're talking about heat, this entire podcast, and I'm going to keep this bit going. On on the thermometer, where would it go, Tom Parry, in your in your sliding scale of rating? Chilly. Oh, well, well, you think it's right now? Heat's not so welcome, is it? So, I, I, I'd say I'd say it's probably red hot, sweltering, uncomfortable. Oh. But, um, you know, I, I, if we're doing it as you would normally expect, it it, it is it is very chilly. It is uh, almost uh, frozen. Okay, so mm-hmm. it's either it, either way you you do it, it is uncomfortable. Yeah, it's it's not fun to play. It's difficult to play it for any length of time before okay. feeling the urge to switch it off and do something much better with your time. I've played it enough now. I can only see my, myself ever playing it again if I wanted to show somebody how terrible it was, and that's not what you want your game to be known for. I don't know. I've got a, I've got a library of PS2 games that I found nothing but joy of making you play. Um, <sighs> this this is one for banner. best worst game. Oh, uh, if really? we ever do another one of those videos, then oh, look forward to that, everybody. In like 2027, <laughs> when we both see each other physically in the same room again. Yeah. I I went to a flea market yesterday, Tom Parry. That's probably the only thing I have to report. Um, and I've been going to flea markets all summer, as we, we talked about. And I've been like, ah, the video games, then and left in Denmark. Ooh. Um, <laughs> and I actually bought some video games. Um, there was a stall, and you know, you've been to a couple of flea markets for me, but I do not know how many flea markets you have. I don't frequent them. I don't no. frequent them like you do. Because the thing is, right, I've been to enough flea markets where you can kind of tell as you're going into the flea market now whether it's going to be a good flea market or not by the kinds of stalls you see. Mm-hmm. I, I can't speak for this if this is the same case in the UK as well, but like mm-hmm. when I turn over a flea market in Denmark now, if I see lots of people who clearly have wholesale products or if I see too many people trying to flog me car insurance or something, I'm like... Ooh. This either means that it was very, very expensive to get a booth at this flea market, and this is why all these advertising people are here, or it means that it's wholesale stuff and no one's really got anything of interest to sell. 
Any curiosities? No, but like going into this flea market yesterday um, was immediately I saw that it was lots and lots of stalls that were literally just people like clearing out their garage uh-huh. and yeah. lots of tables that were just like random electronics on this table, random toys on oh, this so table. Oh, so no theme to necessarily. No, the, no real theme to um, it, just people clearly having a lot of stuff or have like come into a lot of stuff and was just like, okay, I don't want to sort this. Like, hmm. show me whatever it is, I will shout a price at you. And that's the that could be good, couldn't it? Kind yeah. of flea market, Tom yeah. Barry. Yeah, because people aren't sort of curating the uh, selection, or uh, eBay uh, prices no, aren't coming exactly. into it, are they? Yeah. And like that's the thing. It's like when people you walk up, when you walk up to a flea market, and everything's got an individual price sticker on it. You're like, oh shit, I'm not going to find anything. Even if the chance of there being anything good at this flea market, it's probably going to be vastly overpriced as. I keep seeing like copies of games, like I've seen a copy, couple of copies of Shadow Hearts recently. Weirdly enough, despite how rare that game is, and despite how much I want to own it, PS2 RPG always, for those not in the know, they're always like fifty quid, and I'm like, yeah. why are you bringing a game to a flea market and expecting someone to play fifty quid? That's not, not why I'm here. I oh, could gosh. just buy this from a game store and get a game. Yeah, doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yesterday though, I. I did walk around. I saw things. There were like multiple PlayStation ones and twos with a couple of games bundled in for like a fiver, which I haven't seen in bloody years. Oh. I was walking around. I was like, I could have that. I was like, oh, look at that. There's a box DSi for seventy-five kroner. Should I take it? And I'm like, well, I I don't need it. What color was it? It was black, and I have the black one. Mm. And so I was like, I could pay seventy-five kroner just for this box, but, but I don't need it. Like no, nah, no, nah, just I. In those situations, I think there's a little kid that's come across that same thing, and their parents have bought it for them because it's an affordable price, and it's made that kid so happy. And if you'd have bought it, you wouldn't be doing anything with it. I would literally have probably what I would have done is I would have got home, I would have gone upstairs, I would have looked at my black DSi, I would have gone, has mine got a stylus? Has it got? Is it scratching the screen? Is this one better? Is this one missing? And then I would put one on a shelf, and then I would put one in a pile, going like, "One day I'll sell this." And then I never would, and it would just sit in the corner of that yeah. bloody room, like everything yeah, yeah. else. Well, it's very sensible attitude to take well, to yeah, yeah. Uh, things. Yeah. I I've said it before, Tom Perry. I will say it again, and it's a mantra I stand by. If you are not looking for it, if you do not personally want the thing, it is not a bargain, unless of mm. course you're going to sell it, and that's a different mentality. I just don't. Just don't have the energy to do that. So, mm. anyways, um, I I was wandering around. There was lots of good stuff at the flea market. Like even just lots of good toys. I bought um a couple of like uh, teenage mutant ninja turtles. I bought some little bits and bobs. I was like, wow, this is great. Found a stall that was literally just a giant tent, tables full of electronic stuff, and I found a DSi. I don't know if you've seen a picture of it on Twitter, but it is covered in stickers. Mm. That sit that have like a pixelated finger and says like "fuck off" above it and whatever, and loads of like football stickers on it. Really? There's a blue DSi. I didn't have a blue DSi. I lifted it up and I was like, "How much is this?" And they were like, two quid." I was like, "Go on then." But it's got all those stickers on it. It's got all those stickers on it. But I mean, they'll just peel off. Like all I all I need to do is apply a little bit of citrus. Um, uh, a, a, a citrus essential oil, Tom Parry, and I can I can rub. I want it then off. smell of citrus forever. 
No. Okay. You can you can wipe you can wipe the oil off pretty easily, but it right. just eats it eats through the. Have you done that yet? I haven't. No, I'm. Are I'm you going go, to do? I, I was going to do soon. it this morning, but <laughs> alas, like here we are, and we're podcasting, and I haven't had time to do it yet. But I mean, I I peeled one or two. Oh off yeah, I'm looking at it now. Right after you said that. Yeah. Let's have a little closer look. I've got that TMNT collector's edition. Have you really? Um, yeah. Can you uh, can you give me any background on it? Because that's what I was going to talk about. Almost why I brought it up. Well, I got it from Denmark as well. I think it was probably it's a PS2 version, is it? It is not. It is the Wii version. Ah, I think mine's a PS2 version. Interesting. Um, and I remember seeing that in somewhere like Blue City in Denmark. I think that's maybe where I got it from. Yeah, because I I could not find any information about this on the internet. Getting ahead of ourselves, Tom Parry. But Sorry, I'm looking no, at what else you've 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 purchased. It's all right. So. I so I, I got I got the I got the DSI and I got a copy of Super Monkey Ball Adventure. I got a copy of Onimusha Blade Warriors and a copy of Never Dead, which is a game I know you have some fondness for. And after our conversation last time, where we were like, hmm. Hmm, Shadows of the Dams is starting to get a bit pricey, I was like, hmm, maybe if I see a copy of Never Dead, maybe I should just grab that. Cause no one seems to like Never Dead, but I thought it had a a lot going for it. Um, but for, for for ten kroner, Tom Parry, I was not going to leave that copy of Never Dead behind, um, as I didn't with that copy of Super Monkey Ball Adventure and Onimusha Blade Warriors. I say that's good, and Ace Combat Squadron Leader. Yeah, so I I went we went after the flea market to like one of these secondhand lotlet places where you know people just rent out shelves and they have stuff, hmm. and there were absolutely tons and tons of PS2 and PS3 hmm. games there. I. I started, like, in my brain, I've started filming footage now because I want to eventually put, like, a a video together that is like, hey, this is what it is like right now to look for video games in Denmark yeah. because I, I kind of wish I had recorded what it was like to get video games, like, five, six, ten years ago when we moved to Denmark. Because it was insanity when I when I think about like being able to go to a flea market and buy a an N, a, a transparent blue N sixty four with like what like twenty six games I think I got with it for like a tenner. That just doesn't happen anymore, or if it does, it's very rare. And so I just I was like, right, I'm gonna I'm gonna film some of the stuff so I can show like what the difference is between like a flea market and charity shops here. Oh, and also going to these. That, Matthew. Oh, you know, must see. I I got I got to consolidate some more footage for it first. But I was actively filming stuff because I was like, well, let's just show what this place is like. How do you it's... film it? Do you use like a little camera you put on your shirt? I'm or... just using my iPhone to be honest. Oh, right, with. I'm okay. just keeping it at a steady angle. Like it, these newer iPhones seem to record in very nice quality, and also there doesn't seem to be a lot of camera shake if if you've got relatively okay. steady hands. So okay, yeah. So Do, like, does okay. anybody say anything? Oh, don't film me. It hasn't no. been an issue, to be honest okay. with you. Also, like, in a lot of these places, I've been taking the Pat Contry approach of just pretty much just, like, scanning over stuff rather than being like, ah, oh, look, people. Anyway, this is getting off topic, but I was I was going around. There was just tons of PS2 stuff. And I mean, like, over 100 or so games, different games in this shop, which is wild. I've never had that in one of these second-hand places for a long, long time either. Yeah, yeah. usually when you go into any place that's saying second-hand PS2, you just have a quick glance and, and there's nothing that 
is any of any uh, interest. Is there? It's uh, not like no, exciting def- games. Uh, it's it's the usual stuff. Yeah, it's like your Fifas. You might be a, you might occasionally see. And I almost picked it up because I was like, oh, Phoenix game, um, Caveman Rock. Right. And I was like, oh, I remember this being quite pricey. Maybe I should grab this. You don't see Gregory I, Horror Show. I don't see Gregory Horror Show anymore. I don't see Shadow Hearts unless it's 50 quid. Some of those weirder... I, I'm still Tom Parry. I still kick myself at the amount of times I didn't buy Q1. And like my brain is just like, one day I'm going to find a copy of Q1 because they were fucking hundreds of them. Q1 is a horror game, is it? It is a Japanese horror game, yeah. yeah that is, demands like 300 quid now. Yeah. I remember you once, at one point in time, we were in Aarhus, you were like, oh, what about Q1? Like, and waving it at me. And oh, I was yeah, like, with oh. a little girl on the front. Yeah. No. It's a yeah? it's a woman it's a woman in a kimono and like flames behind her. I'm thinking of another one, Siren or something. You're thinking of Forbidden Siren, yeah, Forbidden. which is also quite a pricey game. I haven't seen that in ages, and I gave my copies of that to Max, so I don't have that one either. Hmm. Anyways, um, wandering around, saw games that were actually interesting games. So much so that I, like I kind of felt a bit bad because I was with people and I was trying to be as quick as I could, but I was like, shit, I need. I need to a check if I have these games in my collection on RetroCollect, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. but b there's just stuff I'd never seen before. There was like a um, Call of Duty two, the big red one for the PS2. There was a limited collector's edition of that that I'd never seen with like a holographic yeah. foil cover, and I was like, oh, that's weird. Um, there was lo- there was loads of stuff like some of, weirdly some of the stuff that i was like oh great like um digimon um adventure 4 for the ps2 and then i picked it up i was like oh shit this is the only game in this entire pile that's individually priced and then the disc was scratched the fuck and it didn't have a manual so it's like ah oh, you go back on the shelf hmm. um but you just don't want to risk it do you yeah not no, for the money i'm yeah. not i'm not i'm not gonna pay a tenner for a game that's not got a manual and is scratched to fuck like it's just not worth it I'm probably not going to play it anyway, let's be honest. It's just more like, <laughs> let, let's see. Let, like, I don't have this, let's see. But Ace Combat was 10 kroner, and I was like, I'm, I Well, it's worth more than that. I think I bought that um, a couple of years back, and it, it was a little bit more than that, yeah. So I, Not, I not gra- a super pricey game, but yeah, you know what no, I mean. No, exactly, but I mean, yeah. none, none of them really are. I think I got a Musha Blade Warrior and also Super Monkey Ball when I was looking, they're about 10 or each. But, like, mm. for a quid, I was like, okay, I don't have this game. Onimusha Blade Warriors, I know, is a weird thing. I've, I've seen you play it, I think. Well, it was at a time when those sort of party brawlers weren't huge. Not everybody, we, everybody was doing them like they are now. Yeah. You know, every other fighting game is like a platform fighter nowadays. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and for the time, I think it was still quite a fresh concept. They were doing it quite a lot in Japan, you know, uh, with that one that's got the Hudson one, uh, which is Transformers in and Bomberman. Do you remember that one? I oh, think I, yeah, I it. do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Battle Arena uh, D-O-N. Yeah. Was that a party? Bro? There's even the um, Evangelion one as well. Is that, I never knew there was an Evangelion one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, but, you know, I, I was like, well, <laughs> for a quid. I'll give it a go. I'll I'll play it. Like I need to set up a PS2 because I realised the other day I was talking to someone, a good friend, both of us. Sam messaged me and was like, "Do you want some PS2 controllers?" And I was like, "I think I've got enough." 
Also, I can't remember the last time I've set up my PS2, but once I get my analog pocket, I think what I'm going to do is plug it into the frame meister and set it up in the living room so I have access to a PS2 slash PS1 for whenever I want to play stuff on it. Mm. Then all I need is a PS3 in that setup. I can play all the generations of PlayStation in my living room. Anyways. Get a multi-region th- PlayStation 2. I don't... I uh, Yeah, that's true. <laughs> no. Oh, God, yeah, you're right. Because I'd have to think about how I could swap in my PS2s. Oh, that's going to be more complicated. Because that will cover you for PS1, PS1, PS2. Um, that'd be good. I need to get a multi-region PS2 then. You're probably right. Because I have... I have just slims from every region now. Yeah. And I got cool. a multi-region slim. I think we might have talked about it. It wasn't that expensive. Not for the sort of uh, convenience that it offers. Yeah. yeah, I might do that then. Mm. Might might get one and then put it in the pink PS2 slim case I have. Oh, so, right, cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, speaking of party brawlers, I bought what I thought was a party brawler, as we already talked about, was a limited edition tin of TMNT for the for the Nintendo. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. You, I had the party it was brawler up. one. Yeah, it's Smash Up. Yeah, yeah, you just said yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I saw it and I was like, "Fuck, I've never seen a steel tin of this." Yeah. And like, if you've got one, then I've just forgotten that you had one. Yeah. I tried. Yeah. I was even trying to Google it. I was trying to look on eBay. I was trying to look everywhere, and I could not find any. It may be a Nordic it. thing. I don't know. It might well be. I. I had thought actually when you said like oh I got one I thought maybe you'd got it from your days in games retail but and gone a second did I get an eBay hmm I can't remember now it's either got it from Denmark or eBay people who want to go through the podcast archives let us know because I'm sure we probably oh no one's going to be able to find that That, that's (laughs) well buried I think (laughs) there was a phase where you were buying a lot of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles games I want I remember the phases it's terrible the phases yeah yeah. This is how it goes. Now you now you're buying all the fighting games again. I'm sure they're going to release a couple of worms games soon, and then you'll be no, no. You know, I've, I've drawn the line under worms. You know, really, no more anymore. Yeah, yeah. Uh, after after they release that, what's it called? That that one I don't like so much. WMD. No, I love that. It's yeah. the other one. It's the one that's not really like a worms game. <sighs> it's a bit like Smash Brothers with worms, but not quite Smash Brothers. <laughs> what's it called? I don't, don't know. know. I don't care. So, um, yeah, I've drawn a line under it. Um, if if they release something else like WMD, though, I would... Uh... Maybe anyway, sorry, dip, Matt. Dip your toe back in. No, sorry, I was just saying, yeah. like, I got this thing. It's just weird. I just saw very strange stuff. There's some stuff I bought, Tom Parry, that I can't talk about, because maybe it'll be coming in a package to you relatively soon. But there was... Oh, well, wow. Trust, trust me, Tom Parry. I, I don't know if you, you should be pleased. <laughs> but... If there's if there's any person, that another doing... copy of uh, what's it called? That fighting game for PS One. No, that you love with the robots. No, unfortunately, Zero Divide. Unfortunately for you, it is not a copy of Zero Divide. That would honestly, that would be better than what <laughs> you I just bought. bought me a copy of Zero Divide every year. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, so this the thing I the thing I have purchased. Uh, you know, it will. Yeah, you know, your birthday's coming up. I'm sure you'll see it very soon. Is it's a very odd thing, let's just say. Mm-hmm. And I saw it, and it wasn't cheap. But I was just like, oh. "Yeah, but how, how could how could I leave this behind?" Oh well, very generous of yeah, you to splash okay. the cash like that. So yeah. I'm just I just want you to know after I'm be like, "Oh, I paid twenty kroner for this. I I paid I paid more for this than any and all of the other oh. stuff I bought that day." Well, I'm I'm flattered. Thank you. 
but it is you're not you're not gonna appreciate you will appreciate what it is i don't think you will actually want it though <laughs> yeah you oh will, gosh you what? will see why i bought it for you but again you'll be like oh great mm, okay yeah so is it something to wear no 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 no, okay. no it isn't <laughs> But trust me when I say it is the best officially licensed tat I've ever seen. And how how in the world it is officially licensed tat, I have no idea. Is it out? Clearly, no. Okay. It's to, it's to do with a certain genre of games you love, Tom Parry, but... Oh, it's a licensed controller? No. Okay. Oh, Tom. You, trust me, you would never guess because it shouldn't exist. A licensed Street Fighter bath mat. No, but it, no. on on those lines of how ridiculous <laughs> it would be. Anyways, that's enough about that. Right. Let's get into the topic. Yeah, let's get into this, this this topic. Okay, so let's start sixteen bit. Yeah. When someone says Mega Drive to you, Matthew, what do you what do you say? What do you think? What what does it conjure up in your mind? Not as good as the Super Nintendo. <laughs> Really? No. The thing the thing that conjures <laughs> up to me, if if I'm being serious and not being flippant, is mm. I think very good co-op experiences. I think Golden Axe. I think Columns. Uh. I th- I think of unique, quirky games. Honestly, uh-huh. is kind of the thing. Not always uh-huh. the best games. Like I, I think of Altered Beast, and like I think that is a weird, distinct unique game yeah but i also don't like it you know there's there's always like um how to how to put it into words that people understand because i was gonna say it's kind of like a marmite thing to it because mm-hmm. but i love marmite as you know mm. for most people when they encounter a jar of marmite you look at it and you're like well what's that oh that looks interesting and then you you try a bit of it and you're like, oh that's a bit strange Okay. Well, you could you could argue that the Mega Drive looks incredibly cool. I I would say so. I would say it's it looks mean. It looks uh, stylish. You look at it. You go, I want a bit of that. You know. Yes. Yeah. So, so it's tempting you in like a jar of Marmite might. You know, but I don't think it's as. Uh, Marmite is either love or I hate it. I don't think the the people have hate for the uh, Mega Drive. I can't see. I, I I do. I think that's a strong I, that's a strong emotion to have towards the Sega Mega Drive. I I think there is a degree of like it's much like this the conversation you and I have had right. You I don't was, hate it though, Matthew. Let's no, just get I that out of the way. I don't hate the Mega Drive. I, right. So I'm going to throw out two controversial things. There there is always a degree of my brain that I cannot switch off because it has been there now for what over 20 years since my brother got a super nintendo my cousin got a mega drive yeah is that the mega drive isn't as good as a super nintendo i know that that is a ridiculous notion i know they're two different machines they do two different things very well but like there is still something ingrained in my head that even when i play some of the best games on the mega drive like mega turrican i can't help but think this is a poor imitation of contra 3 you know Mm. like there's just something intrinsic in my brain there that I know is the wrong opinion. Like, I'm freely admitting I have a weird bias on this. Mm. But it just well. doesn't do th- it doesn't do it for me in the same way as Super Nintendo does. And my second controversial thing I'm going to say to you, Tom, on you saying that the Mega Drive is a really cool console, I kind of hate how the Mega Drive 1 looks. I really like the Mega Drive 2. 
No, 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 no. Yeah. I think the Mega Drive 2, in comparison to Mega Drive 1, doesn't have the same mystique. I actually went in Brighton the other week, and I walked past the CX, and they were proudly displaying a Mega Drive 1 console in the window. And I had to stop, and I said, that is a thing of beauty. I said to my girlfriend, that is a beautiful games console. Look, look, at, look at the majesty of the Sega Mega Drive in that window, just shining in the sunlight. A, a beautiful design. And she just looked at you and said, when did you say anything that poetic about me? <laughs> yeah, no. I... Well, she didn't seem as entranced by the Mega Drive as I obviously was. Funny that. Um, I, I just think it's, it's one of the best looking consoles ever designed. I, Mega Drive I, 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 if I, if I were to pick a Sega console that I absolutely love the design of, it would actually be the first Master System. I don't really like the design of the Master System too. I think to me, the Master System, system Two is amazing. what the Mega Drive Two is to the Mega Drive. Oh no, the Master, the Master System Two. I, Even right. though I had one, my very first games console. Yeah. Um, it, it it's a cute little uh, rounded. Uh, but it's more Nintendo. Other than it being black, it, it's a more Nintendo it's, design. It's probably why I like it, because it's just yeah. a, a rip-off of the Super Nintendo. Well, I'd say it's 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 more unique than that. But uh, it had a good uh, large pause button. It did. Uh, yeah, but we're not talking about mass system. We're not we're, we're not going to look at anything before 16-bit. I'm going to just uh, say a little bit about what the Mega Drive uh, is to me, other than what it looks like. Uh, for me, it was always a console I desired as a child. I had a math system. I was quite happy with it, but I'd see Mega Drive games and be very excited about them and, and always think, oh, it would be nice to have a Mega Drive. Yeah. Um, but I just, now, looking at it, I associate it with arcade-style games, conversions of arcade games. Um, which were done actually very well, considering you know the um, technology in the Mega Drive and the technology in the arcade is substantially different. Yeah. The Mega Drive always seemed to manage to deliver the arcade experience at home to me, and and I guess as someone who um, appreciates pick up and play arcade style games more than maybe longer adventure style games, the Mega Drive is a more tempting console for me. Because let's move to Super Nintendo. Where yeah. um, that I would associate more, well, a lot of RPGs, yeah. <laughs> I would say. Yeah. Um, wonderful games from Nintendo that you can't argue with, but, you know, cuter, you know, that was always, I guess, the, uh, the brighter, cuter, fun, colourful buttons on the controller, you know. Um, it was the antithesis of the Mega Drive, in a way. It, if you, would you agree? I mean, definitely. I mean, that's what the whole, like, Sega does what Nintendo don't came out of, right? It was like, yeah, yeah look at Sonic. He's edgy. That's a fat plumber. But I... Well, I say, yeah, but, you know, you can't argue that, can you? Still, you Sonic's can't. cooler than Not Mario. 100%, but it's, diff- <laughs> it's, two, it's two different things, isn't it? And like As a character, that is. The games are, um, I, I would say, um, I don't know, you probably enjoy Mario more than Sonic. I do. Hundred yeah, yeah. I, I, think... I, I I still rather play a Sonic game than a Mario game, but I do think Mario games are truly excellent. Yeah, know. but this is because we... we've both we've both been conditioned from an early age, which is why I think <laughs> when we when we go into more modern consoles, maybe we'll have a more nuanced approach. Than yeah, but if I want to pick up and play something, it'll be Sonic rather than Mario. See when of that generation when we when we talking about sixteen bit era here. 
no, this point. No, I mean, so having the lots of Super Nintendo games on the Switch has mean I'm actually playing some older Super Nintendo games now mm. a lot more than I was, especially since we had guests a couple of weeks ago and we were playing Super Mario World. Um, I... I've just kind of found myself dipping in and playing a bit of Star Fox every now and again. I I love the Super mm. Nintendo. I mm. I do think there are definitely pick up and play games. I think most of the best ones are by Nintendo. Don't get me wrong, there are some incredible games on the Super Nintendo. In I mean, eyes. the interesting about both these consoles, they share a lot of games, don't they? As well, they do. You know, they're the games have a slightly different flavour depending on what console you're playing on them. Yeah. But you can get some of the same experiences on both. You just can't get the Sega experience on Nintendo and you can't get the Nintendo experience on Sega. Yeah, but I I do think that there are a lot of... As you say, like, Sega kind of defines themselves in that in that generation and the generation before and being like, hey, we've got really good ports of arcade games. And Nintendo did that a little bit towards the start of, like, with the Famicom, things were day and date. With like, hey, we are releasing 1942 on the Famicom when it's in the arcades. Mm. Play this at but, home. But, you know, the difference between those two... No, 100%. Was, it's was... definitely towards the mass system. That's why I, Drastic, I found myself yeah. going down that mass system rabbit hole, going like... God, this is a real like I'd always written this console off, but there's some really good games on it and really good arcade ports. For me, there's just the Super Nintendo's just got such a breadth of stuff that I think has shaped and defined gaming. Whether that be the iterations of the Final Fantasy series, mm. you're getting like a link to the past is undisputably like as informed game design for the last thirty years. Yeah. There's just so many landmark titles on that system. And also, like, for me, in contrast to you saying, like, I think the arcade games on the Mega Drive are better, I do think there's an incredible wealth of amazing shoot-em-up games and fighting games on the Super Nintendo. If I were to play a, a version of Street Fighter, it would hands down always be on the Super Nintendo versus the Mega Drive for me. Like, admittedly, partially due to the controller. Really? But... You wouldn't like a 6 button Mega Drive controller playing Street Fighter? Two, uh, rather than a Super Nintendo control. I w- I would love to play. I I've spent so much of my childhood playing Super, uh, Street Fighter Two on the on the Super Nintendo that I I mm. love playing it on Super Nintendo. I mm. I hate. Admittedly, like, I I think it's the same personally. I I don't think one's better than the other. I don't know. I I don't mind which system I play it on. I I've always I always prayed it. We should move, Tom. We should move on because like our childhoods are too deeply entrenched in these two consoles. I feel for us to have a valid to, conversation. One last thought. One last thought on it. Now is looking at the PS2 and the Dreamcast, which we'll come to later yeah. uh, in in a moment. For me, maybe the Mega Drive and the Super Nintendo are like the Super Nintendo is like what the PS2 is to the Dreamcast. A bit. In the sense that um, there's so many uh, games on the uh, Super Nintendo, and uh, I don't know. There's a lot of games on Mega Drive, so I don't know where I'm going with that. But <laughs> what was the more popular console? I, I think it depends. Uh, Honestly, like I you... don't. I've often I've often seen people argue about this. Like I don't know that many people who had a Super Nintendo when I had a Super Nintendo. I only had one because mm. my brother had one. Everyone else mm. I knew in school had a Mega Drive. Mm. So much so and that probably, I couldn't swap yeah. games with anyone, which is really annoying. I wonder I if that's partly, 
Mm, partly because of the popularity of the uh, mass system in Europe, people stuck with Sega. I think so. I just think also probably Sega did a better job marketing the console. It's probably cheaper yeah. too, which is yeah. like, I, I don't really come from an affluent area of Wales, so I, I just reckon everyone probably just had Mega Drives. Yeah. Well, okay. So uh, next generation, uh, we're going to talk about... You, you know why I know everyone had Mega Drives, if I think about it, if I take the step forward? Mortal Kombat, man. Mortal oh, because they have blood. Everyone bought Mortal Kombat on the Mega Drive because of the blood. Mm. Did it come out? Did it come out first on the Mega Drive? Also, I don't know. Um, yeah, but like that, I remember that being a really everyone used to play Mortal Kombat, and I I would play Street Fighter. I, I wanted to play Street Fighter against well, people, and no one had anyone. It's interesting. I was watching an old episode of Brookside uh, the other day. From yeah. the early nineties, and uh, as as you do, and uh, well, there's a kid on there playing um, Mortal Kombat. I don't yeah. know what he was playing it on, but uh, I think it's most likely Mega Drive. Probably Mega Drive. <laughs> so it was the game, I guess, of of the uh, early nineties. For so. sure. Like I remember, it was all the kids would talk about in school. Like which I found really odd because I didn't like Mortal Kombat as much as Street Fighter. No, no, no. Yeah. I prefer Street Fighter. But uh, moving on now to. Uh, the PlayStation, the Saturn, and I guess to a point the N sixty four. Even though yeah. you know it's it's got there's a, there's a difference in the the hardware, the the, the specs of the hardware. Um, so we'll start with uh, Saturn, shall we? Yeah, sure. So the Sega. What's Saturn. Your, what do you think of the Saturn? Like, here we are. Matt's thoughts on Saturn. What springs to mind? Um. Right. Incredible Japanese game library. Hmm. Some at the time, did you think? Uh, did you, at I the guess time, you wouldn't know that. Honestly, I wasn't even aware of the Sega Saturn. There was a wow. guy who lived behind my house called Paul who had one, yeah. And all he had on it was Virtual Fighter, and then he bought a PlayStation. Like, <laughs> that kind of sums it up, doesn't it? In, yeah. in, at least the Saturn in the West, yeah. You associate it with Daytona, uh, Sega Rally, Virtual Fighter, um. They're some of the the main games that come to my mind when you think of the Western Saturn releases. I do, I don't know personally anyone other than my mate Paul who had a Sega Saturn. I don't. I didn't really like even in the heydays of like game stations opening up and like people trading in retro games. I never saw Saturn games that that often. I did see one at one point in time, and I still kick myself for not buying it a copy of Panzer Dragoon Saga, and I was like. I should probably get that just in case I ever buy a Saturn. I didn't. Right. Know Panzer Dragoon, it. yeah, that's, that's yeah. a good. That's a, that's a Saturn staple. Both of the, well, all three of them. Mm. But like, if I if I were to like go like, oh, this Saturn game, even with the Western collection, like the Saturn games I have are Japanese. I don't have that many of them because Saturns a very expensive console to collect for. It might. Well, I don't know. Not Japanese Saturn. Yeah, I mean, if you want, the, if you want the good stuff, Tom Parry. If you want it, well, maybe it's gone up, but yeah, I think you can get quite a reasonable Saturn collection, uh, Japanese still. Yeah, yeah. Depends what you're after. Really. Depends what you're after, doesn't it? But right. I mean, anyways, it, it's one of those consoles I don't really have a lot of things for. Like I've definitely come to appreciate the Saturn. I think looking back on it now, I think it's got some incredible fighting games. I think it's got incredible shooter maps. I think. It has games that clearly inspired developers and people who make games and anime to a certain extent in Japan. 
that like their influences spread across everything else as well. But I think this era in particular, it's just so breathtaking. Like every one of those consoles does something different for me. Mm. And I think they've inspired different generations of game creators and people who make games because of it. Mm. It's a shame that uh, I guess the 2D titles weren't um, embraced so much in the West. No. Um, I mean, there was an emphasis on 3D games, whereas in Japan, and a lot of these 2D games never left Japan. Um, and that's a real shame because the, the Saturn has an incredible uh, library of uh, 2D uh, titles. Uh, a lot of them being fighting games. Uh, there's a lot of shooters on the Saturn as well. There's a good few platformers uh, as well uh, with uh, really nice uh, 2D graphics. Uh, but, yeah, when you think of the Western release of the Saturn, you think of the 3D stuff, don't you? I think yeah. you think uh, about um, maybe um, Tomb Raider as well and Resident Evil and... Uh, oh, Virtual Cop, I suppose. Uh Yeah. They're just not... It's not stuff that really comes to mind. There used to be an amazing uh, retro game shop in Swansea called Fifth Dimension. And I always used to remember going in there and looking at the Saturn games. And they would be like... Bug, Clockwork Knight. Ah, oh yeah. Stuff like that. And I would look at it and I'd be like, wow, that looks really cool. But I already had a PlayStation. And like... It, it felt like a big ask back then to be like, well, I, 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 I think a console. Mm, bug next to Crash Bandicoot. <laughs> you yeah. Know? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm trying to think of a, an, a, anything, a 3D platformer that is cro- Crocs on this, Saturn, isn't it? Honestly, mate, I'm, I, I'm not sure. I will Google yeah. it. But... Yeah, I, I, feel that, I feel that Croc might I think I think Croc is... It is on the Sega Saturn, but I, I was going to say yeah. I thought it... That's actually, yeah. God, I want a Japanese copy of Croc. The Japanese <laughs> Croc logo is amazing. Um, so you did, uh, Croc's probably, in terms of 3D platformers, maybe one of the standouts for Saturn, potentially. Pandemonium Croc... isn't a 3D platform as such as it is 3D, but it's... Uh... I thought Pandemonium is also a PS2. It's uh, PlayStation, uh, sorry. Pandemonium's on Saturn as well. Oh, that's really interesting. So uh, I'm pretty sure. I mean, in Japan, it's on Saturn as Magical Hoppers with the uh, redesigned characters. So yeah. I'm assuming there was also a uh, Western release of Pandemonium. Also, Wipeout's on the Saturn. What? So you're telling <laughs> me like all of the games that in my head the the PlayStation <laughs> are actually on the Saturn? Well, Resident Evil, Tomb Raider, Wipeout, Pandemonium, Croc... All those games are on the Saturn. Did they come out on Saturn first? Uh, well, in case of uh, Resident Evil and Tomb Raider, I think so. Uh, at least Tomb Raider came out on Saturn first, I think. Is Rayman on the Saturn? Yeah. Um, oh, yes, I think so. Rayman's on... What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean... <laughs> Rayman's on the Jaguar as well. There you go. I mean... Other other than Tekken and Ridge Racer, those are the only two games that we're about to have a conversation about. The PlayStation One and Crash, the... Crash and Spyro, I guess. Yeah, Spyro came later though. Like I don't think of Crash in that initial like window. 
And also, I think uh, a big uh, portion of uh, people who love the PlayStation probably love the RPG output on that console. And uh, well, there are RPGs on on the Saturn. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, th- I think probably the PlayStation and Final Fantasy and a few of the others on on that console probably uh, make it a more uh, tempting uh, pr- uh, prospect. I, you you were alive at that time, Tom Parry. Um, being older than I am. I bought a PlayStation purely for Final Fantasy VII. Mm. Oh, no, that that's not true, actually. I had a PlayStation before that because I I had Rayman and Tekken and then my brother bought Tomb Raider. But, like, that was pretty much the games I had. I had... I talked about this last week, didn't I? I had I had Rayman and Tekken with the system. Because I said about Ray- Rayman the other week. Yeah. yeah, I had Rayman and Tekken with the system. My brother bought Tomb Raider and got that as a Christmas gift for himself. Then I got Street Fighter Alpha and Mega Man X5 on my birthday. One of them my parents got me and the other one I bought with my birthday money. And for the first year or so I had a PlayStation, those are the only games I got. Fortunately, our local video shop started renting PlayStation games and so I would just pretty much rent stuff from there and like try things out but i remember being so hyped for final fantasy 7 and like I, I i don't remember much around the saturn and and the playstation because i was very much influenced by my uncle uh, and yeah. his tastes which at the time was you know the cdi and the 3do so uh they, I, you know, I wasn't i didn't play a playstation or a saturn during, yeah. during the time of their um you know the beginnings of those consoles. I I think I I think that was around the time I was probably about like ten eleven, and I was go I was going to Swansea. I was buying lots of secondhand Super Nintendo games, like going like oh wow I should try this game because Super Nintendo yeah. games are like seven yeah. quid each compared to yeah. PlayStation games at like forty pound. And <laughs> funny like net net nowadays Super Nintendo games probably cost more than a lot of PS One games. Yeah, no, hundred <laughs> percent. Um, I was just uh, you know you just be buying things. Mate, I I, I remember buying Con- I bought Contra at one point for four pound Contra three for a cartridge, and then I sold mm-hmm. it like a couple of weeks later because you just do that. Like no one would hang on to games. People would literally. Buy no, it wouldn't it, be about building a collection, would it? It's like, uh, yeah. The only games I kept in my collection at that time were either the stuff I had as a kid. Like I never, yeah. I never sold any of the games that like mm-hmm. were mine and my brothers. Like I've still got all of those things. I've still got them yeah. all boxed. Yeah. But every every game I would buy, other like unless it was a special game, because like we had Link to the Past and my brother sold it, and then as soon as I could get a copy of Link to the Past again, I bought Link to the Past and kept yeah, Link. Because that's the past. a special game. But it. There would yeah. be very few, like even even like Terranigma, even like games yeah. of that ilk that are, are blew my mind playing them, but are also really expensive now. I just buy and sell. I bought like I had yeah. Mega Man X well, one and two yeah. at some point. I, I just buy I and sell them, like because it was still reasonably current then. Yeah, um, you didn't feel as precious about them. I think you look back on. The, the older consoles now and you have um, nostalgia for them and they become precious objects, don't they? And I think that is why now people hang on to those games. Yeah. Because the market's changed as well, isn't it? You know, the value of these have just, just rocketed up. Um, but you say that the current generation, yeah. I think you could be a bit more flippant about them. You know, you, they, they're not as precious to you because no, they're I, newer. I, they, I, they're everywhere. 
Yeah, and the I, old ones are nowadays. I also just think that, like, how games are sold and bought, like with digital downloads and everything else. Like the the PS4 generation kind of eroded all of my fucks about having physical copies. I will still buy physical copies as we talked about because usually they're cheaper. Like that's the mm. only thing for me is still price, still cheaper for me to buy mm. a copy mm. of the Klonoa collection physically than to buy it digitally yeah. from the PlayStation. Let's so. not move off too much yeah. off topic. No. Anyways. But uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, but like, I, I brought that up. But. So because of that, like the PlayStation was defined by me, defined for me by games like that. They were huge, like emphasis on story, on realism, mm. on really like pushing games to be like, no, this isn't, this isn't just some pixels yeah. on the screen look at this this is real life look at solid snake smoking that cigarette baby well yeah it's we haven't even talked about metal gear and the popularity the that metal gear was the first game i ever owned for a playstation because i associated playstation with metal gear and it being a unique experience it was it was on playstation it's probably on pc it was as well, also on sure, pc but, yeah yeah but um yeah it, it 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 helps define the playstation um, yeah, I, I think this comes down to the Saturn was a better console in Japan than it was in outside of Japan. Yeah. Um, but the PlayStation really has so much uh, variety in there. And uh, yeah, it, it probably does on the whole beat out the uh, the Saturn uh, for the masses, I suppose. But if you really like fighting games and arcade games like I do... Then the Saturn is, is is a great console to have, I think, because those those arcade ports on Saturn are great. The fighting games are more suited to the Saturn hardware. Uh, the shooting games, even as well. Uh, not that that's my favourite genre, but if you're into that, then the Saturn's also a great place to to go. But you can't get Einhander on the Saturn, so uh, no. <laughs> you know, th- th- there's there's reasons for both. Um, can we talk about the design of these two consoles a little? Sure. I, th- I think the Saturn looks like an overweight Mega Drive, kind of. Uh, yeah. it, it's a chubby sort of fat thing that that isn't very aesthetically pleasing, I don't think. It's kind of cool because it's black and it's, it's, it's well designed, but it just feels like it's a bit too bulky. Yeah. Um, to, to be really sleek like the Mega Drive was. The PlayStation is kind of friendly looking, a little bit, uh, yeah... Um, it hasn't got that sort of mean machine thing about it. It's sort of like the Super Nintendo in a way. I don't know. How do you feel about the look of the consoles? I mean, the Saturn, I agree with you. Like, I, while I do like some it's of dumpy. the Japanese exclusive <laughs> colours of the Saturn, yeah, yeah, I yeah. think the white Sega Saturn in particular looks particularly lovely. Yeah. With those, like, yeah. purpley maroon buttons, I, I, I think it looks kind of cool. But yeah. I, I never... I never really liked the look of the Saturn. I think I was part of the problem. Like also, yeah. just the packaging design of the Sega Saturn in the West, in particular, compared to Japan, always felt a bit weak to me with these weird like blues and. Oh, well, the, the Saturn ring with the screenshots, you know, uh, yeah. around the planet. Um, I, I don't know. I thought that was all right. I mean, PlayStation I like the Saturn was grey, grey, wasn't it? Metal, grey. The PlayStation was yeah no the playstation was a black box of the console it looked like the playstation mini oh oh okay well maybe i'm thinking of a dual shock package later on that had a sort of metallic gray um look to it 
No, you are right. So that was the later version of the PlayStation box. The version I had was, yeah, it was a black box with the PlayStation on it. Mm, okay. I'm not as familiar with that one, I guess. Uh, yeah, I, I, th- I think the PlayStation maybe wins in the design front. Of the two, yeah. I, well, to be fair. Because it, it's a bit thinner, but it, it is a bit ugly from the front, and I don't like those massive numbers for controller port one and two, you know. I, I, I think that's just... So I, to stop you, I think that's your heart and heart wanting the Saturn to look nicer. I th- no, I, I think the N64 uh, looks much nicer than the than the PlayStation. I <gasps> kind of agree, but honestly, I don't really like the look of the N64 either. Mm. Is this a good time to talk about the N64? I think it is. I think it's a transitional point. I yeah. associate the, play- the the N64 in particular with multiplayer. Mm. It is, it is Four my, controller ports. It yeah. is a social As console. standard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I associate the N64 with great uh, platform games, for one. Yeah. Like Banjo-Kazooie. Um, it was my GoldenEye. It it's and Goldeneye is a great example of a, of a fantastic multiplayer game, um, but yeah, I have a lot of nostalgia for it because after the CDI, that was my next console that I owned. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the, I I think I think of. Um, go on, no, you, I'm gonna have, gonna think on this a bit. You you okay. talk about the N64 for a so moment. I. It is a weird thing, right? So, like, there's there's a couple of generations of this happening because it also would happen with the PS2 and the GameCube, hmm. where those consoles would come out later than the PlayStation version in Europe. And I wanted the N64 because I was like, oh, man, look, 3D Mario, how wrong I was. Hey. Hey, man, look how, look, uh, look how good that looks. That's insane. It's great. And then, I'm, I'm, yeah. <laughs> let me finish. And I was like, wow, look at that. That looks incredible. This Revolutionary. Is, this, look at that. That's even better than the PlayStation. Amazing. Da, 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 da. And then it got delayed. And I was like, well, I'll get a PlayStation. And maybe I'll ask for an N64 in a couple of years. Mm, got a PlayStation. Expensive, though. <laughs> yeah, no, they were. They were. They was ridiculously expensive. And that was one of the main things. Yeah. So but much remember, so they dropped the price very quickly. Oh yeah, man! I remember going into Wool- I remember going into Woolworths, Tom, and Shadows mm. of the Empire for the N sixty four was seventy five quid, and I was like, I cannot ask my mum and dad for a game that is seventy five quid. They will fucking murder me. So mm. I I got PlayStation games, and like I went down that route, and then eventually. It wasn't until Goldeneye came out that I actually got an N64 on my own because my mate Andrew had one. And like when I I actually had a, a, an N64 controller before I had an N64 because he, his mum and dad only bought him two controllers. And one of his one of my mates, James, had a controller because he had an N64. Yeah, you wouldn't necessarily have all your own controllers, would you? If you no. were multiplayer, you rely on other people with N64s to bring over their controllers. Yeah, exactly. You have yeah. to bring a controller over. And I remember, like, yeah. we all were like, oh, fuck, we've only got one rumble pack. <laughs> and <laughs> Who's having the rumble yeah, pack? Yeah, we, we would swap the rumble pack out. The winner would keep the rumble pack. Um yeah, like all of my all of my summers around that time, weirdly enough, I 
were personally for like me playing games defined by me spending a fuckload of time with a JRPG. And then it would be like, okay, it was the summer. It was the summer of Bomberman, the summer of Goldeneye, the summer of Mario Party slash Mario Kart, mm. Smash, then Perfect Dark. Like, they might not even be summers. I'm thinking about. It, I'm like, I wasn't in school that long, like for six years. But it felt like mm. there were definitive periods of us playing the N64 in a mm. way that I can't tell you for any other console. Because mm. we would just go over someone's house and you would, we would all be playing the same game. And, like, I know other friends then, you would occasionally go over their house and they'd be like, oh, we're playing Two Rock Rage Wars. And I'd be like, all oh, right, yeah. this game's terrible. No, it's great. <laughs> no, Two Rock Rage, Rage Wars is one of my favourite right, multiplayer. Yeah, it's just, it wasn't Perfect Dark. Um, uh, yeah. yeah. It's great, my... though. Gee, it's great. It's more like, um, like a PC... Um, thing like quake the yeah. arena like quake 3 arena i think to a rage wars yeah like yeah but like it was it was a console for me defined by multiplayer games i had obviously i love lilac wars lilac wars is probably my favorite game on the n64 i love it that's how mm. i got my rumble oh. pack was i bought that charm big box. i think it's just dripping with charm the n64 and personality yeah um yeah I, mean, I, I I love it. <laughs> it. It would be later that I would get like I I bought when I got my N sixty four. I got Goldeneye Banjo. Those are the two games I got. I didn't mm. like Mario. Like I played Mario sixty four for the first time, and I I I still don't like it. I I can't. Mm. I've tried so many times to get into Mario sixty four. Mm. I just it doesn't it doesn't sit right with me. It always felt like maybe it was where my headspace was at as a time as a kid when I was like 11 or 12 I was playing things like Final Fantasy and I was like oh Barrett swears man and then going back and playing a really charming Mario game oh Penguin, magical though think I'm of the just... soundtrack on that game and how it was the 3D movement was so freeing you know and uh, you know groundbreaking at the time it, it absolutely has changed how we play video games like even even things like the PlayStation now that I go back and I play like original crash or jumping flash or any of these like 3d polygonal or pandemonium or pandemonium. They just, mm. they don't know the candle to like what Mario was trying to do. But at the same time, I just, re- I just, I can't, I don't enjoy that game. and I can't That's help it. it. You like Banjo better. I like, I, I like, I, I like Banjo much better. Prefer Banjo. I, I, yeah. I do like Mario. Well, without Mario, you wouldn't have Banjo. So no, I, I, and I know this, like, but it's also like, I don't know. Like, I I didn't even feel that way if we transitioned when we talk about the GameCube. Like, I didn't even like Super Mario Sunshine. Like, I remember buying no. the game. Well, that's know. that's you know, I'm not so sure about Sunshine either myself. But um, yeah, the N64 for me, everything felt a bit more solid. Like I talked to you about this on the play, uh, before about the PlayStation, and maybe the Saturn in some yeah. cases with the 3D uh, games. I felt like it was all about to fall apart. You know, the 3D worlds around me were just sort of shaking, and you'd see gaps through uh, bits where the uh, environment would sort of line up. You know, not not always the case, but you know, sometimes you play something like. Uh, uh, Rage Racer and things. You could see things that looks like barely holding together. Yeah. You know. And I think for me the N sixty four was just that graphical leap where it sort of solidified everything, albeit with a sort of less sharper image. Yeah. You know. Uh everything was a little softer. Uh, as we we all know that there's some sort of filter implemented on the N sixty four to sort of to soften everything. Yeah. 
Um, but still, things felt like they held together better on the N64 than they ever did on solid. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. So that's one of the things I associate N64 with. And like you said, it's a multiplayer gaming. It's a a fantastic console design that uses cartridges. And and, uh, for me, I know a big um, appeal, the N64, which I think it had over PlayStation, was uh, the load times, you know. Uh, I, I I was very sort of close-minded as a kid, and I thought PlayStation was terrible just because it had low times, you know. Really? <laughs> yeah, and, and I was very wrong, because uh, really, when it comes down to it, low times aren't that bad. <laughs> you know, no. we've, we've made do with them um, a lot over the years. I used to play CDI games. Not that I remember there being many long low times in CDI games, but... The loading bar was a thing of the PlayStation. See, this is the thing. You you young whippersnappers, who were older than I am, didn't have to experience <laughs> Commodore 64 load times. Because that's my first no, experience. No, I, 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 I mean, I played the Spectrum before, but I can't really remember the load oh, times. Mate. It was like... like I, <laughs> but I, they, I, were, they were terrible. I, 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 used, I played Spectrum before N64, you know, I definitely. Used, I used to literally put Rampage in a C64 type the command lines together to run, go out to play for half an hour, and then we would come in, yeah. and then we would all play a bit of Rampage, and they'd be yeah. like, oh, we should play something else. Eject, yeah. Like, shut it down, eject the tape, put a new tape in, type the command line, go out and play for half an hour. Like, it's nuts. Yeah. This is insane. I think we've come so used to, though, at that point with cartridges being instant, that yeah. to go back to an, any any sort of loading yeah. felt like a, a big step backwards to me. But but there's so many more advantages to uh, a CD-based uh, you know, format for games. Yeah. One thing, it's cheaper. You know, you've got C- CD music. Not that I think the music on the N64 was bad, but there was some sort of... Uh, compromises to be made, I think, in the terms of the sound on the N64. Yeah. Uh, because of the cartridge uh, format. But the instantaneous thing about playing a game really did uh, appeal to me. Still still does. I mean, if, if we, especially in this generation now, where we haven't really got the load times issue anymore, it's great. Yeah. When, when you're having developers like Sucker Punch go like, okay, we have to put in a bit of load time, otherwise people are going to be freaked out in Ghost of Tsushima. Like... <laughs> Is that a thing? Yeah, they they nerfed some of the transitional speeds a bit loading because it loads so fast that they were like, this feels jarring. Wow, what yeah. an interesting idea. Nuts. Um, but I think we should probably leave the rest uh, until next time. I I'm think thinking so, we've yeah, definitely uh, we've, I mean... we've reached a comfortable point here in our sort of retrospective on the console generations. I, th- I think so, because otherwise, I'm, if we end up talking about the PS2 and the Dreamcast and the GameCube. We're going to mm. be here for another hour, I think. Well, yeah, do let us know if you want us to continue this next time. Um, I'm happy to do so. Yeah, me too. Uh, but it'd be interesting to hear from from, from the listeners uh, if they like this topic and uh, if we continue on to the, PS, the Dreamcast, the PS2, the GameCube, the Xbox. Um, I think we'll probably leave it at that rather than, than go any, any further. I, Maybe. I, think, I think we could talk PS3 and Xbox 360, especially well, as that, we could. that kind of like wraps it back around into where this podcast started. Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll do that as well then. Um, but we've 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 sort of talked about our our golden era. To I don't know. What do you say is your golden era of gaming? Are you leaning more towards a PS2 era, or are you going back to Super Nintendo, PlayStation? I actually think it's the Xbox 360. Oh wow! I know. 
I know. I, well, I, I'll say it right now. The Xbox 360 is one of the greatest consoles ever made. There you go. I, I don't think it's a controversial opinion, Tom. I honestly nah. like... It's better than the PS3. There you go. No, no, no. I like PS3, but God, the Xbox just had it right. Yeah. Apart from the um, failing consoles. I mean, apart from the amount of fucking consoles I went through, yes. <laughs> but, like, the amount of consoles I went through is testament to how... Yes. Oh, God. Anyway, we were talking... If you want us to talk about that, you can do. You can let us know in a variety of places, such as on Twitter yeah, at yeah. TMACast, at Tom Parry 11 for him and at Game Boy for me. You can do so on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Tom and Matt Attack, as well as in the comments of the podcast on either blastprocess.com, tomandmattattack.com forward slash podcast, or if you're feeling particularly cheeky, you can do so in iTunes, Stitcher, or Spotify, when you mm. give us a five star rating. We're like, wow, I really enjoyed this. It's really informative hearing two people who've been there and done that about their experiences of those consoles. Oh, that's what I wanted to know. Do it there. Anyways, Tom, I'm, I'm going to love you and leave you because I feel like I'm about to melt into this chair. And... Oh, well, uh, likewise. Yeah. It's... I'm off to have a cold shower now, I think. You've got to do that. I mean, we have been talking about some pretty hot consoles. And I'm glad that at the end of this, you're still feeling hot, hot, hot. Tom Parry, always a pleasure, mate. I will speak to you same time next week. But until then, lovely listeners, be sure, as always, to game on. Game on.